This is Channel 253. On this episode of Move to Tacoma. Hey, buy cupcakes and we're going to send them to nonprofits that are still working. Uh, so I think there's some very creative ways that you can also, we're finding ways to to just how do we lift up our staff that are still working and serving these folks? Because Monday felt like a month ago. It's Friday now. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Practicing physical distance, not social. I'm Marguerite, and I want you to move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. You'll like it. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma.com. I'm Marguerite. This is Move to Tacoma. Today is, what day is it? It is Friday, March. 20th. I feel like I need to date all our podcasts right now because everything is changing so quickly. And I'm here with my friend Elliot Stockstad from Lutheran Community Services Northwest. Welcome, Elliot. Thanks, Marguerite. And you brought a guest. I did. With me today is David Dewey, our Chief Executive Officer at Lutheran Community Services Northwest. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you, David. And I wanted to start by asking, because we always do, like... When did y'all move to Tacoma and why and what neighborhood do you live in? <laughs> nice. Elliot, you start. Okay. Uh, well, I grew up here and I grew up just a few blocks from University of Puget Sound because at the time when we bought that house, my dad was working there as the alumni director. So they lived there for 35 years and uh, and I still live not too far. I live a couple oh. blocks off of 6th Ave, kind of in that east of campus sort of neighborhood. So awesome. we love where we live. Great. Uh, I'm going to show my age a little bit. I, I moved up here from Portland, Oregon in 1985 to go to Pacific Lutheran University, uh, go Lutes, and uh, have stayed here ever since. And now my wife and I uh, live in Gig Harbor, That's Greater cool. Tacoma, as you said. Greater Tacoma. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that we have assembled today is to talk about seniors. And I feel a little nervous even like beginning the line of questioning around this because I don't I don't have a lot of experience in this area. And I feel like I'm going to ask a lot of dumb questions today. And I want to start with I feel like in the time of COVID-19, we need to start with the very basics because I don't think it's clear who is considered a senior in these circumstances right now. Right. And uh, the risk group, I've seen a couple of different, everyone over 60, 65, 70, 75, uh, just put that in that ballpark. Uh, 65 is, is sort of the, the uh, sweet spot when we think of a senior, um, but those that are in the real high risk are a little bit, you know, from 65 and up. And that's with our, our early data here on March 20th. That's, what, <clears throat> that's where the focus is. Right. Yeah. And that'll that'll keep shifting. So, OK, so we're thinking about seniors today and we're thinking about especially now that the advice seems to be that if you are 60 plus, you should be staying home, not interacting with other people, like having other people run your errands for you, working from home. And I know for the, the seniors in my life, that has been challenging to, to face. Um, and, and also for me, it's like, it's very easy for me to, to say like, yeah, stay home when I don't even know what that really means. So what are the needs of seniors in our community that are emerging as we have been, I've been home for a week. We're all sheltering in place, as they say, like, what, what does this mm -hmm. kind of start to look like? 
Yeah, it, um, why don't I start and then Elliot can uh, talk about everything that I missed. Um, so before this even happened, uh, Lutheran Community Services Northwest was really ramping up our senior services and, and mostly our in-home senior services. Depression and uh, anxiety um, were way up in seniors, which we don't think about a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've um, really been ramping up our in-home services to seniors. Um, and we rely on our community partners, uh, the senior homes, to do the in-home, uh, in not the in-home services, but the uh, where they have the senior homes. Um, so everything from basic needs, food, shelter, um, to uh, other needs as far as uh, companionship and uh, just the whole gamut of serving seniors. Um, and so before this even happened, we were seeing this spike of, of anxiety and depression in seniors like we've never seen before. Wow. And now you throw this COVID-19 on top of it where they're, they're feeling unsafe to go to the supermarket. You're hearing stories of people parking in supermarkets, seniors and putting you know $100 bills out. Will you please go give me groceries? I'm scared to go inside. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so there's so many needs right now that as a society, we're overwhelmed and we can't forget these seniors that um, are, you know, have been sort of sheltering in place before even this began. You, you have some personal experience with this right now. What is that looking like in your life? Yeah, my mom, uh, my dad passed away uh, June 27th, mm -hmm. and uh, they were the best couple you've ever seen. They were one, and uh, he passed away fairly suddenly and unexpectedly. And so my mom's been dealing with grief. I've been flying down monthly to help. She lives in Arizona. But now she is isolated in Arizona. I can't go down. Uh, luckily, I was down a few weeks ago. and We stocked uh, her food. Uh, but she hasn't seen anyone for a week. And her best friends just left and drove back to Minnesota. And so, you know, as I'm trying to help this organization, you know, come to terms with this new reality, I'm also trying to help my mom. And I think that's everyone's doing that, right? We have our own life we're trying to figure out, but then we all also have these people we care deeply about. How do we help them? So what is that looking like for you personally, like supporting your own mom? How have you mobilized yourself? And like, how is that informing you all at the institutional level? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things is I've got access to her Amazon account, so I order her things. Yeah, yeah. And I, I try to keep her stocked uh, and keep ahead of the curve. Um, so because she can go outside and pick up a box. Sure. Um, and um, so that's one thing. I call her every day and we get on video because she's isolated and lonely. She's yeah. missing her husband. Yeah. And she's got this new reality. And now she's worried about everyone around her and all her families. Yeah. So she's dealing with mental health as well, um, which a lot of times that generation didn't even think about mental health. It wasn't a thing they thought about. And then so how do you deal with these new feelings of depression or anxiety that you haven't created tools to sort of help yourself? Um, so we've got her on a routine. She's exercising and she's, she's not just laying in bed watching Law and Order. Uh, <laughs> she watches a lot of Law and Order. I was so. going to say, I think a lot of us are watching a lot of Law and Order <laughs> these days. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So would you like to talk a little bit about, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out here listening that are like, yeah, I also have a parent in another state or I have a parent. I'm, I'm sheltering in place with my children. Like I, I don't want it to, you know, I was talking with a good friend this week and she was saying like, you know, my parents really want me to bring the kids over and I am not going to do it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and it's causing some kerfuffle and like, what do you see as the pain points in all this? Like I went straight to how do we get people supplies? That's where my head is. Is like, how do we just get them the things that they need? And for you, it might be as simple as, you know, drop shipping from Amazon for others. Is it Instacarting for your neighbor? Is it right. like, what does this going to look like? Yeah. One thing that even in our neighborhood, just because this is sort of how my mind thinks we, my wife and I sent out an email to everyone. There's a, um, there's a uh, neighborhood watch uh, list and just said, Hey, we're going grocery shopping. Who needs something? And, mm -hmm. and so this is where the best of us come out um, where you just, you know, you sort of isolate, you think about yourself. Okay. What do I need? And then you can breathe and think about people around you. And so we're seeing that a ton. We are getting, and Elliot can really focus on how the community is responding to us because they they know that that we've made this push to serve in home. Um, there's there's these terms that are uh, that uh, Trudy, our district director, talked uh, talked about us. There's the go go seniors. There's the slow go seniors, and then there's the no go seniors. Wow. And so the go go seniors have really had this culture of helping out the slow and the no goes. Um, but now we're sort of all, we're all at least slow goes, right? Yeah. We can't just go, go. And then, so how do we mobilize people in a safe way to help? Cause right now we have more people calling, Hey, I've got a car. I can go deliver stuff. And we're sort of mobilizing, figuring how we can do that. And we've honestly, Ellie and I have had to slow down because we have big dreams of how we want to help seniors right now. But first, we need to make sure our staff are safe. Well, and that's just like the I mean, in every facet of organizing all of this, it's like, how do we create sustainable relief? Because it's like there's a yeah. real burnout potential here. Yep. Elliot, do you want to speak to any of the programs? Like, what is it specifically that you're trying to, to do and what is it specifically that you need from the public? Yeah, well, David said it well. I mean, we were already seeing a lot of need and we have programs that have been doing work for a long time around Meals on Wheels to deliver food. And, you know, transportation is always a big challenge to get people to appointments. And now even greater challenges, people are shut in. Uh, you, you mentioned technology. I think a lot of the seniors in our community either don't have access to technology. They might have a phone. They might need a volunteer buddy to even call them and just walk them through or help them yeah. make some orders for medicine to get it delivered um, because it might not be something they've ever done before. And so we have these existing programs that we're just trying to map out and say, okay, how much do we have now on staff? And then how can we uh, ask the community to, to rally and how can we maybe organize with church partners or others that are already doing this work? So we work pretty closely with Aging and Disability Resource Center for the county and uh, we've been having a flurry of emails this week and people are really just trying to figure out how do we coordinate care. And on the funding side, we're seeing Greater Tacoma Community Foundation and other family foundations come together and say, how do we create a pool of funds to support these different buckets? And emergency senior care is one of those buckets. So we're seeing a lot of generosity and good thinking 
on the side of the, the philanthropy right now to say, okay, we recognize that this might have already been a population that was at risk and then now even more so. And so how do we get creative around our response? And like David said, I think that's true. You can start at the neighborhood level, you know, where you can just door to door or send an email to figure out how to mobilize and take care of your neighbors. And we're seeing a lot of that, which is wonderful. And then you, you know, Margaret, you said, how do we sustain this over the long haul? I think we're still kind of figuring that out. And I think we're trying to figure out what are the dependable strengths of different organizations that say, Hey, we got the capacity to maybe do the volunteers that want to get started. And we, and then we have some great uh, food and, you know, emergency food network and nourish and others in our community that are doing food work, which would include seniors. So, I think we just want to be, you know, a bridge and be at the table to figure out how we can use our strengths and our network to, to, you know, respond right now. Hi, I'm Melanie Denise Cunningham. And I'm Audrey Cunningham. And we're the host of the Channel 253 podcast, What Say You? This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by PeaceWorks United and the Greater Tacoma Community Foundation. We're here to remind you that the 2020 census is getting underway and that you, yes, you, should participate. That's right. I know people can get nervous when someone from the government shows up with the clipboard. But here's the truth. Participating in the census will help us get our fair share of representatives to Congress. It will help us get more federal funds to our community, improve our school districts, and many other things. And you don't have to be a voter. You don't have to be a citizen, even. In terms of the census, you count. Ten questions, ten minutes. Census day is April 1st. Fill out that form. Thank you to PeaceWorks United and the Greater Tacoma Community Foundation for your sponsorship of Channel 253 and getting the word out about the 2020 census. So what is it that you need from people? Like hopefully people are listening and, you know, some people probably yeah. are like, I want to help people. <laughs> like I think there are probably, you know, depending on who we are and where we are and how many people are in our household, we have differing capacities but what are the different ways that people can help out directly either through your organization or on their own? Like, do you have any specific ideas? Yeah. I, you've shared some already, but. Sure. And, and I'll jump in and then David, feel free to add. You know, so I, um, there's a, there's a number of things. So we're seeing people make financial donations, which of course is really helpful. We'll go ahead and put that donate link in the show notes. We got yeah, you. Thank you. We got yeah, you yeah, and <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And, and on our, our website, lcsnw.org, there's, there's also a place to see, updates from the South Puget Sound work that we're doing. So we'll try to keep that updated and try to send out things uh, as we see the needs come up from the community. Uh, there's been some requests or like, how can I, can I donate goods? Can we put together some like emergency wellness kits? And so there might be some opportunities. We're still kind of forming the strategy to, you know, again, like David said, do this well within health protocols, but you know, get those things deployed out to either drop zones where volunteers can deliver them or uh, work with other community partners. Um, so I think what we're still trying to figure out is what are the needs that we're hearing from the community and how do we, and then if volunteers want to get involved, you know, how do we plug them in? Because it could even be as simple as writing a note of encouragement for our staff, you know, that yeah. just say, hey, we see you. And this is what I'm seeing with healthcare workers in general. Like, you know, you're, you're bearing a big burden right now. You're having to step up when you're concerned about your own family. So let me just encourage you in a way to keep you moving. So, um, so I think what we'd like to do is just to keep an updated list, um, on our website and then try to keep people informed. And then 
if people want to opt in to get updates through email, we can, we can figure that out too. Is there like, it occurred to me, I was asking like, what can people do? I'm sure people are wondering what they can do, but I, I, I bet there's also people out there that are like, actually I have a need. I personally have a need or my mom yes. is in Tacoma and she has a need. What, what right. can people do if they, they need help? Well, our, our website also has uh, a call and number, you know, we're, our staff still going to be working, you know, even if they're working remotely so they can take, they can take phone calls and try to figure out the best way to help people. Even if it's something that we don't necessarily have uh, a resource for, we will make sure they're connected. So I would say, you know, in Tacoma Pierce County, if there is a need related to a senior who's vulnerable, isolated, or just has some kind of need. Uh, we do a lot of work with uh, dementia-friendly programming too. So I know that that's, and a lot of people have family members that are experiencing dementia and they're trying to figure out what are my resources there yeah. right now. Um, so I would just say, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there and we'll figure out a way to handle call volume if, we, if it spikes, but, <laughs> but I would just say, give us a call and we'll figure out the best way to respond. David. Yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, as Elliot, we've developed some dementia-friendly programs, and you think about those folks as one of one of our goals was giving the caregivers uh, yeah. some time off. And so, <clears throat> we are really concerned about those families too. Is like, how do you do that in this new environment uh, where both of them are at high risk? And so uh, we have our work cut out for us over the next, because this is, this is not going to be over and really quickly, unfortunately. So uh, new ways to provide support and uh, is going to be critical. Um, I think it's been helpful for, to me, this is one of the first, we haven't had a real natural disaster in the Northwest, uh, except for some forest fires and things of that nature. But it, that's what it's feeling like is, um, is how do we respond and deploy those resources in an unsafe environment? So clearly, you know, it's all the plan is going to change day by day, and you're you're surfing this wave of uncertainty as an organization and as community members. And I guess we all need to do the same thing. I I, I would just say, like I learned from my last interview with the uh, small nonprofit executive director, is like it's beneficial to send money. Obviously, right now, it's also beneficial to if you have pledged to sponsor an event that gets canceled to maybe just chill and let leave that sponsorship mm -hmm. in place. I'm sure Elliot will figure out a way to thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think yeah. if you bought a ticket Definitely. for an event and it's being canceled, like maybe just let them keep that money. Like, I think what, what are some other ways that as we're interacting with the nonprofits in our life that we can extend some grace and patience? Like, what are some things that you'd, you'd like to offer us? Yeah. And I'll jump in maybe first on that. Cause thank you for raising that. I, I, and I think a lot of people maybe listening have a nonprofit that they're close to, or maybe support financially or through their time. And, you know, I'm already seeing my friends and peers in the community that are facing hard decisions right now because of uncertainty, whether it's laying off staff in a time when we really need those staff or, you know, you mentioned events. And of course, we're in the same boat where we've had to, we had to cancel an event that was just going to happen this month. And so we're trying to figure out, do we pivot that to an online format, like a lot of a lot of groups are trying to do and still but if, if there are people out there that have already bought a ticket or a sponsor i know uh, businesses might be impacted as well but i just would say you know hopefully take that phone call talk it through uh nonprofits know that the 
that the community is there for him, but it was, it's a time of just uh, letting us know that you're there in whatever way. And, um, and that's been really encouraging because I think I've heard from a lot of people, it's like, yes, we're behind you. We don't have to be there in person. We still want to support you in this season. Yeah, I'll just echo what Elliot said. Um, we personally, um, I think there was probably four fundraising events that we were going to go to uh, this month that have already been canceled and we've just donated. And so I would encourage uh, your listeners to do the same. Um, you know, we're saving a lot of money on, on, on gym memberships and all this kind of stuff. And can we help nonprofits and small businesses? I've, I've seen some very creative ways that small businesses, uh, I think it was Hello Cupcakes or one of the cu local cupcakes places was really targeting is like, uh, hey, buy cupcakes and we're going to send them to nonprofits that are still working. Uh, so I think there's some very creative ways that you can also, we're finding ways to to just how do we lift up our staff that are still working and serving these folks? Because Monday felt like a month ago. It's Friday now. And I can tell you, I Monday felt like an eternity yeah. ago. Every day is so long. And so any way that we can encourage the healthcare workers or the folks, um, yeah, I, it, it's a good time to rally together. Yeah, and people might have a skill that a nonprofit needs uh -huh. that could still be done from home, yeah. whether it's, yeah. hey, can we help you push your stories out and you know produce that video or that podcast or that written piece that would be helpful to share stories from the field. So if there are folks out there that, that have that skill set, graphic design and whatever it might be, that is could also be a way to lend talent during this time. A great idea, Elliot. Yeah. And that's for you or for any it's yeah, nonprofit. We'll, we'll take yeah. that. And we're already seeing people step up and do that, awesome. which is awesome, right? Because yeah. I know the creative communities having their own issues right now, trying to figure out what, what to do in this time. And so I hope that we can kind of work together, you know, and if we are not going to pay for a venue that we could turn that into supporting local businesses still, like David said, or a, a local vendor that could still create art to help connect the community when we're all working and living in our homes right now and can't go out. So, uh, yeah, I'm already seeing amazing examples of that. And I would just encourage if, if people are sitting there going, I would like to do that. There's a place to plug you in. <laughs> yeah. Say that. Yeah. We all can there find a, a way to be generous right now, even if it's yeah. not with money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in closing, is there anything each of you would like to say, like just to send a message to, to seniors, to people who have seniors in their lives, um, that might be helpful for folks listening. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Is just start with your loved ones. Reach out. Uh, they want to hear from you. Um, you. We're seeing very creative ways of connecting, so connect to them. Um, and then um, any way that you can support any of these nonprofits that are working with seniors, because it's uh, we in a, in a lot of instances we need to go to them. They can't come to us, so. Uh, any kind of support you have would be great. Thank you, David. Yeah, and I think that's great. I think that um, just first of all, just let's not forget that sometimes people uh, forget that there are folks out there, if, if, especially if they don't have a grandparent or, but there's there's ways to get involved. So I'm um, just thankful. I, wanna, my, I guess I want to close with just gratitude for the yeah. people who are actively working to produce emergency funds. And then for those that are still, doing the active work on the front lines every day. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I want to echo thank you to both of you. I know that this is not 
easy work right now and that there is no easy, there's no clear path ahead to how to proceed. And I know you're right. having to develop that path day by day. And I just, I so appreciate the work you're doing. I think I, I, I speak for the community. Like, <laughs> we appreciate the work that you're doing. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing that message, yeah. Marguerite. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Want to learn more about life in Tacoma? Visit movetotacoma.com. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Move to Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, We Art Tacoma, Flounder's Beat Team, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.